What's up, everybody? My name is Chad Hassan. Uh, I am joined by my good friends, John Manson. He is the creator, founder, all things the Sea of Red, a.k.a. Boss Man. And uh, we have with us Kyle Diarman, who has been joining the show all year long, been a phenomenal guest and uh, slash co-host. I love having Kyle be a part. He is a Liberty man all the way through and through. Coach played here. Uh, Kyle, we got to have your uh, – we got to get a better um, – title and resume for you but we'll work on that for next year uh, a few housekeeping rules <clears throat> we typically do this on monday or tuesday night this is a monday night and uh, that's why we're calling an emergency kind of live podcast like and subscribe there are a ton of people in here tonight uh, already just just a lot more than we normally have probably 10 times the amount so excited about this uh podcast and uh live stream so uh, like and subscribe to our channel. We put all the press conferences. Uh, Hugh Freeze's press conference from from this past Saturday. I think John said it was over four thousand uh, views as of earlier this morning. So go over there. Uh, we cover all of Liberty Sports. We do it on a weekly basis. We have a basketball show that comes on Sunday nights. Um, so yeah, like and subscribe over there. This is uh, our YouTube live, and we have some things to get to. Um, Just a so couple with that. Yeah, just a couple of things to get to. Uh, first of all, John, I want to uh, just commend you on how you cover this and everything. You know, we've been through this a lot with with Turner Gill, with Richie McKay twice, with everything that goes into a coaching uh, change. And uh, man, uh, I you do this so well. Uh, you know, you you put things out at the right time so it doesn't impact players, doesn't impact coaches, doesn't impact families. But at the same time, you're always the first one to put things out and kind of have everything ready. Uh, brilliant job this time. It was a lot back and forth. I mean, this weekend was a disaster from a timing standpoint, and we'll talk about that. But before we get started uh, any any further, I just want to say a uh, round of applause to John for for how you did that uh, graciously, and, and your timing was impeccable. I know that I'm kind of uh, going overboard here, but man, it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. And uh, you take a lot of criticism and you did a couple of weeks ago for not criticizing the team, which you actually did in your in your article. So uh, great job on that, John. And uh, so we'll start with you. Uh, you know, uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is <clears throat> uh, before we reflect on the four years, let's talk about the timeline. Let's talk about this weekend. Um KD uh, and John, John, we'll start with you. What is your t thoughts on, uh, you know, just a general timeline of how things went down and, and how did it get so messy so quick? Yeah, well, I mean, we appreciate uh, everything you do, Chad, as well for Sea uh, Red and, and Liberty fans. But uh, we talked about it some, uh, what was that, Saturday night? It's Man, it's been a crazy, it feels like Tuesday night myself, uh, just thinking about it. But uh, we talked about it some Saturday night on the Twitter spaces, but um, what a crazy day Saturday was, you know, um, you know, as we we're getting ready to go to uh, the football game, head over there early in the morning, you know, for the noon kickoff. And uh, time I get on campus, the tweets are starting to go out about, you know, Hugh Freeze has now been zeroed in as the top target from uh, Auburn. And you're like, well, how is this going to affect today's game and this weekend? And, 
and uh, obviously it didn't go well. You know, the team found out about it uh, beforehand, uh, you know, pretty much as they're riding the bus over about two game, two hours before the game started. Uh, that's when the tweets were coming out. They they're on their on their phones and they see it. And as Free said in his uh, post game press conference right after the game Saturday, is he uh, he you know they um, they confronted him about it. They asked him, you know, is this true? And he was unable to refute their reports. And uh, you know, I'm sure that left the players in all sorts of emotions. You know, hearing that you know an hour before kickoff, um, you know that that's got to be difficult, right? I mean. Uh, this is a guy you've been in battle with for four years, guy that you've fought with, bled with, sweated for, uh, put, got up early every morning, stayed up late, a lot of nights uh, traveling uh, with him and, and, you know, living with him, basically. I mean, he's, you know, for some of these guys, he's a he's a father figure. For most of them, he's a father figure for him. And now all of a sudden he's leaving. Uh, I'm sure that was hard. And, and we saw how that went down Saturday in the game. And, uh, they obviously weren't locked in, and I, who can blame them? I have a lot of, uh, you know, I, t- I really feel, you know, I've, I've felt this a lot the past couple of days. I feel really bad for the players. Like, I hate that they had to go through this. I hate that it went down the way it did. I'm sure if Coach Freeze uh, could have done it all over, which I'm not sure he, he's to blame for any of it, but uh, he wouldn't have wanted to go down the way it did. Um, but I really feel bad for the players. I, I'm, uh, I, I know there's a lot of good guys in that room. Um, you know, the, the great leaders, great young men, and, you know, they'll be fine. They'll get through it fine, but I'm sure it's been a tough couple of days for them. I'm sure it's a tough night. I mean, they literally just found out from their head coach two hours ago, officially, I am gone, right? At six o'clock, they had that team meeting. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. Could could talk a lot, but we'll get into it. Hey, you're muted there. Chad, you're on mute. It's your first. This your first rodeo. Are you nervous? Is yeah, I'm nervous. Yeah, there's like the a, over a hundred people watching on just YouTube <laughs> live right now. I'm nervous. Uh, Kyle, from a coach's perspective, how does this go down timing wise? I mean, uh, it, does Coach Freeze? Yeah. I mean, I mean, how does I think that all I, work? Yeah, I think I, I I said it on Twitter. You know, this weekend, kind of being like, yo, there wasn't any good time. I think that it, the way that it happened. And based off of, you know, some things I've heard, there just wasn't really any good timing for him to tell the players, you know. So if if it goes down either Friday night or Saturday morning, you know, it's senior day. So on senior day, you allow the seniors to kind of stand up and talk about, you know, their love for liberty and their respect for the coaches and their players. And you have all the other players kind of stand up and and do that. And so if he were to tell them before the game, like you would never do that. You would never tell the players before the game, Hey guys, I'm leaving for Auburn and let's go, let's go win one for the last, last go around. I mean, like that would never happen. So he allowed the seniors to have that time to be able to, you know, talk about their, their time at Liberty. And um, I just don't think there was really any good time for him to tell them even, and, and we've seen that they're, you know, based off of the reports that we saw today, there wasn't a contract signed until today. So it wasn't like he had signed a contract. So we all know how sports go. I mean, the deal's not done until the ink is dry. And so for him, it was probably a weird timing of like, well, what do I tell them now? Like, I've always told them that I would let them know if something was happening. And so, you know, once they get on the bus and they get those, they see that tweet come out. I mean, it was just it was literally worst case scenario for the timing of everything for him to now be the guy at Auburn for that tweet to come out for all the players to see. Um, and like John said, I mean, they confront him in the locker room. He basically told them, you know, yes, they've talked to me. Yes. I'm interested, but I, I haven't, they haven't offered me a job. I don't, there's not anything more that I can tell you. And so I think it's just, it was obviously hard, uh, it's a hard game to watch. Can't imagine the thoughts uh, that are going through the players' mind and even coaches' minds too. Because as a coach, when your coach leaves or he gets fired or he retires, it's not just like he just scoops everybody up and then just takes everybody with you. So you, I mean, you can't. You're not realistic if you don't think that every coach on that sideline was like, "Yo, what is going on?" Or every player was like, "What are we doing? Like, is he here? Like, is is he coming back?" add that with like not a ton of people in the stands and it just being like a weird feeling and everybody knowing, and then people starting chanting like about Auburn, like it was just nightmare scenario. Um, 
but glad he got to address it with the team tonight. And um, yeah, I mean, crazy weekend. So here's my, my point on the timing. <clears throat> I, I believe that, uh, that it was Lane Kiffin's job all the way up until sometime late Friday, early Saturday morning. Uh, freeze. I mean, Lane met with his agent basically sometime between now and then and confirmed, no, I'm not going to Auburn. I'm staying at Ole Miss. I believe that had to do with family uh, mostly. Uh, but at the same time, he told him not. So freeze goes from number two to number one sometime Friday night or Saturday morning. I believe it was Saturday morning. Uh, and so he's prepared to, you know, be the number one candidate, which he hadn't been this whole time. Yeah, they've been talking to him for two weeks. But that was more of a vetting process that they had to get started. Uh, that wasn't like, you know, I'm sure there was some talks in there, but it was always as he was the number two. So that going from number two to number one happened Friday or Saturday night. You kick off at noon and then Pete Thamel releases a tweet at like two hours before kickoff that says, hey, Freeze is the guy at Auburn. So the players see that on the bus ride on the way over and in the locker room before they go out, they're like, hey, coach, tell us about this. We see this. Uh, what happened? Uh, you told us you would always tell us beforehand. And I am I had no doubt in my mind that Freeze regrets, hates the way that it went down Saturday. No doubt. Like he would not like, I don't think he was slimy. I don't think he did anything shady. I think it was just bad timing. He was in a bad spot, you know, and in that moment, did he have the exact right words to say? Would he change what he said in the locker room pregame? Maybe, but in that moment, I don't think, I think he was just trying to be as honest as he could. He, he wasn't offered a contract and yes, he was interested in that job. So, uh, all right. That was about timing. I want to get both of your thoughts on, why would a coach who has had so much success at Liberty um, and talks about loving it here, talks about his family, loving it here, talks about being at peace and having a great family life, uh, work balance, uh, has everything set up for him to run the table and win the Conference USA and a clear path to a New Year's Six Bowl slash expanded playoffs, all of that stuff going on, making you know what is reported to be $5 million a year uh, average five million a year over the next eight. Uh, great contract situation. Seems like he's really well resourced here. Why would a coach? Why? Why would Freeze entertain the idea of going to the SEC to Auburn? In your opinion, John? Yeah, I'd love to hear Kyle's opinion on this too. But um, you know, from a guy that that worked with him for three years, right? But and from a coach's perspective, but. Um, getting to know Hugh over the past four years, he's an ultra competitor. Um, I, you know, I, I know people say money makes you, you know, walk and that, that sort of thing and money talks and, and everything. It, it's really not about the money, in my opinion, to, for freeze. I mean, sure. He's going to make more money. Great. Yeah, you know? They say a million and a half more. Which yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, but yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, to us, to me. Yeah, exactly. To us, it's a lot, but that's a lot of money. But when you're making five million a year and you're living in Lynchburg and you have zero pressure and you're playing in a conference USA moving forward that you should be at the top of, uh, you, you know, it. The I don't think it's the money. It's about competing for national championships. That's what it's all about. That's why he wants the job. Um, and I can't fault him for that. I mean, if he thinks he can go there and, and it's a gamble on himself, I mean, he could go there and it could fail in two to three years from now. He's, he's out. You know, I mean, that, that's a very real possibility. I mean, he's going up against Saban in Alabama. He's going up against Lane at Ole Miss, who he's got that thing rolling already. And you don't think Lane's going to be recruiting hard against uh, freeze on the recruiting trail for those Mississippi guys, uh, Texas and Oklahoma are coming in and it looks like you. Yeah, at LSU, I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, to get a winning record is going to be a tough, uh, tough go of things. But, you know, free is a gamble on himself, but Freeze as the ultra ultra competitor. And he's he said it since he's been here. He said, I believe in myself. I've won everywhere I've been. So he's going to Auburn to play for uh, national championships. And, you know, he's not going to be coaching for 20 more years. I mean, how many more years does he have five, seven years left that in a perfect world, he probably would coach. And, and if he can make one last crack at trying to get a national championship, then, you know, hats off to him. And, uh, hopefully when that day comes, I'll feel like I'm at the point that I can, uh, you know, watch the game and, and cheer for him. Not, sh not sure I feel that way today, but, but it'll change as time goes on. Kyle, same question. 
what um, motivates a guy like him to leave? Well, I mean, I think it's two things. I think Auburn is one of those places that it's a, you know, blue blood collar. I mean, it's, it is like the top of the top when it comes to college football programs, it's up there. I mean, they've won a national championship and they have the resources to do it again. And, and the, and I think that as a competitor drives him, I think it, what drives him, you know, is to kind of right the wrong. I mean, he always talked about how, you're, you know, this close to going to the SEC championship when he was at Ole Miss. I mean, if that Arkansas behind the back throw doesn't happen, I mean, they're in the SEC championship game, they have a chance to win it and they go to the national championship. I mean, there's so many things, um, you know, I think he's been there before, so he knows how to do it. So he knows what he would do differently than he did before. Um, and then, you know, secondly, you know, the family, you know, with Jordan and her husband, Mark, being down there, they live there. You know, she went to Auburn. Um, it's a place that Coach Freeze and Miss Jill, like, would like to retire. Um, I mean, it's just – it makes sense from all of those, you know, perspectives. He was never going to go – and, guys, he, I mean, he had opportunities every year that he's been here to go elsewhere, and he turned it down. He said no. Like, he didn't – he didn't – he he knew that he was only going to get in it if he could win – if he could – he had a place that could win a national championship. He wasn't going to go to any school that that couldn't do that. Um, and so I think that that was something that really drives him. And uh, that's why when Auburn came calling, it was it piqued his interest because everything everything made sense. All right, John. Uh, <clears throat> something you said uh, kind of piqued my interest, and and I'll have a thought about this too. But you said hopefully you'll get to a point where you can cheer for him in a national championship game. Kyle, you're probably already there where you're kind of rooting for the guy no matter what, uh, you know, just because you coached with him and, and you're friends with him and all that kind of stuff. John, what is uh, – <laughs> what's it going to take and, and why why, why do you have this, like, gloomy gloomy feeling? And, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll go with you too. So, But you go first. How about that? Well, look, it's no secret that, you know, I'm all liberty all day, right? And um, – Man, you'll make me get emotional on this. But, look, uh, I trust uh, – I respect Hugh Freeze a ton, right? I I, I really do. And, and I'll, I'll pull from him eventually. But at the same time, um, you know, you're either for us or against us. I mean, I, I hate to say it that way, but that's how I feel today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'll pull for Hugh Freeze one day. I, I still, you know, consider him a, a, um, a friend and I'll, you know, always think kindly of him and and uh, text him. I've texted him already and, and I look forward to talking to him again. But, uh, you know, put on that red, white and blue and, and let's battle. If you if you don't have the red, white and blue on, you know, that's fine. Good luck. <laughs> Woo. Well, uh, I didn't know it was going to go there. Uh, your mom did make a comment. I'm not going to throw that up right now in this moment, but uh, I will say I echo the sentiments, John. I, I, I love Coach Freeze and what he did for us for four years. Uh, but as he told me several times, you're either with us or you're against us. And uh, I don't know if I have it in me to to pull for Auburn. Uh, that's totally different than wishing that he sucks there or that he fails there. I don't wish that at all, but I also don't just have it in me to, to pull for him. Yeah. It's uh, not like, you're gonna or, watch, like we're going to watch Auburn games. Like you're not going to, it's not going to make any difference on your allegiance on Saturdays or like who you cheer for or games you check in or anything like that. Yeah. So it's just different. Like, you know, I, I, I will say that, um, you know, he was very good to us at a sea of red. He was very good to me personally. Uh, he was very good to all of us really in this chat. So, uh, no ill will towards him that way. But when it comes time, like he always used to say, when you lock the cages on those Saturdays, it's like, I could, you know, I, I could care less. I'm not a huge freeze fan at all. At that point, I'm uh, pulling for the flames. So, uh, good stuff there. All right. Last question about the coaching change, and then we'll move kind of or, or our former coach uh let's look back at his uh over the four years that we've had with freeze and maybe talk about um yeah I, I agree with you tim i'm gonna throw that comment up here i agree with you everyone is checking auburn scores and watching games <laughs> next year and uh yeah, I think you're that's right, just out of, I, I, it's out I, of I, more I, out of curiosity not of uh yeah. hey i'm a big Hughes freeze fan. well and i think it's and i think from like from my perspective too 
you know, like having friends who are on the staff, like, and I mean, it's guys that I'm lifelong friends with, you know what I mean? When you go to battle with these guys and you're basically around them for a hundred hours a week. And I mean, you you know, your wives are hanging out together because they're not seeing their husbands. Like you become like family with them. And so I care about them. And so if, if those guys are with them at Auburn, then I'm going to be like wanting Auburn to win because I want them to be successful. I want Coach Freeze to be successful, obviously, but like I have a little bit different take on it just because of my relationship with the staff and sure. those guys. Um, yeah, and so I don't think there's there's not a wrong take. There's not like you know, but I think I think the one wrong thing is if people were like, you know, basically screw him. I hope he fails and loses every single game. It's like. Guys, he what There's look what he that. did for look what he did for our program and like how where he brought us and we're now one of the top group of five programs and we got you know so many people kind of wanting to to be here you know yeah so. yeah and I, I tweeted some of that on Saturday is you know I wish no ill will just like Chad said I, I wish no ill will on uh, on Hugh and and the coaching staff whoever he takes with him uh, at Auburn I don't but at the same time when I'm checking those scores next year uh, Tim. I can't say that I'm going to be hoping uh, as I pull up the score in the ESPN app that uh, Auburn's winning. I, I, I don't know. Uh, September is several months away, so we'll see how things go. But uh, we'll, we'll see. It'll be fun. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. Uh, yes, the buyout was only $3 million. He had that in his contract that if he went to a Power 5, it was only $3 million. That was just one of the things he wanted in there when he came to Liberty. And, uh, and it was worth every penny. It was worth every penny uh to to only make it three million to have Hugh for four years and with that uh John and Kyle uh you guys can think about this while I'll go ahead and give my answer first but what is your favorite uh maybe memory with freeze on the field uh like favorite game and then maybe a moment off the field that that you were glad he was here and uh for me I uh for me on the field it was probably um BYU easily for me. I just like that moment where he he was he was the perfect guy at that moment to embrace the vision. Uh, he motivated and kind of made it like he he was a hype beast is what I call like to call him. Like he hyped it up so much that we were all so into this vision and and what it meant for our school. And if our coach wasn't into that, I'm not sure we would have been into it as much. And uh, so winning that game, uh, that was an incredible moment. Uh, I remember, you know, just that game. So that was my favorite game off the field. I really don't have many that stand out other than, um, you know, how he just he made uh, he made everything a bigger deal than what it was like our, our Twitter bracket championship. He would always like retweet it and he would he would always like play back with anybody that m interacted with him on Twitter. And I think the thing off the field that I love most about Hugh and 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 appreciate for his four years, the level of fan engagement on Twitter specifically, but all over, uh, is incredible. What he did, like I said this several times, what every non-Liberty fan says to me around town that I talk to is he gets it. He gets it. He gets it. They kept saying that over and over. And it was all about how he uses social media, how he plays the media, how he he, he kind of communicates with fans. That was so important to where we were uh as a program so those are my two things byu loved every second of that game and then overall just what he brought from a community uh engagement and helped us build this thing i mean me in particular uh you know the number of times he would he would quote tweet or or put or at mention me or things like that he was doing that just to throw me a bone it wasn't like he was like like, I don't, you know, like he would do that just to throw me a bone every once in a while and say, hey, thanks for what you're doing. And, and I appreciated that. So I, I loved how he used Twitter and I loved how he engaged fans that way. Uh, and so those are my two things on the field, off the field. John, what do you got? Yeah, there, I mean, there's a lot, you know, and, and I've got an article that I you know started to write today, but I couldn't. I just wasn't ready to write it. But it's just, you know, how will we remember the Hugh Freeze tenure at Liberty from a Liberty perspective, Liberty fan perspective? Uh, I wasn't quite ready to write that today, but but we'll get that out hopefully tomorrow. Um, but um, th there's so many. It's hard to choose just one. But, uh, Chad, I had a blast. I know you will, too, uh, at the 2019 Cure Bowl. 
that was so much fun. It was the first time we'd ever been to a bowl game. You and I made the trip down there. We're down in Orlando in December and sitting by the pool and it's 80 degrees and palm trees. And we got shorts and flip flops on uh, sitting by the pool with the you know laptop out writing articles. And you're over here, you know, having a drink or two, just Kool-Aid, of course. But uh, ask it, you know, John, keep pumping out that content. You know, and you're sitting here just enjoying yourself. I'm like, sure, Chad. Got it, man. But uh, that that trip was so much fun. I'll never forget that trip. And then not only, you know, that, but then we go and, and win the bowl game. Uh, and it, it made that one trip was probably one of the best uh, fan experiences I've ever had. And because of that trip, I've promised myself I will do everything I can to be at every bowl game Liberty ever, ever plays in. Uh, and it's so much fun. Obviously, uh, COVID kind of took it away, but um you know, it, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, that, that Cure Bowl trip was uh, the first year. It was something I'll never forget. Kyle, you probably have a little bit different perspective. Uh, something on the field. What game do you remember? What speech do you remember? What what moment do you remember out there on practice? And then maybe an off-the-field moment with you and Freeze that you're like, man, like, I'll remember that. He was a good dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's probably too many memories on the field. I mean, I think about, I mean, like the, the bowl games were awesome. The, the way that he did bowl games were so fun for the players and the coaches. Um, man, yeah, I don't, I think that like John was saying, you look back on the era of coaches, like you look back on the Danny Rocco era and winning big South conference championships, you look back on the Turner Gill era, era and, and beating Baylor, you know, we're going to look back on the Hugh Freeze era and, and look at all the big, big games that he won. Uh, Syracuse first ACC win first SEC win. Um, I mean, just doing all of those things. I think on the field, we're gonna be, we're gonna look back on it. Um, off the field, though, I mean, yeah, it was great. It was great to me as a, a assistant coach with them, and I, I just, yeah, I appreciate everything he did with me. I don't think that I've won like instant. I mean, 2019 Cure Bowl, our Christmas party was a lot of fun. Um, so maybe that it was a lot of fun. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, let's let's. Uh... Here, here's how I'll sum it up is uh, one thing is I uh, love what he did and I thank him for what he did. But at the same time, I am so motivated to show that we can do it without him uh, because, you know, the narrative was nationally, Hey, freeze, 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 built that freeze did this. Look what freeze is doing. Look what freeze is doing in Lynchburg. Sometimes they wouldn't even say Liberty or flames. They would just say Lynchburg and freeze. And it's like, you know, fine bomb. You're thinking, Oh gosh, we're going to be on fine bomb and, and get all this national exposure. And it's just like, Hey, Freeze, tell us about Ole Miss. Freeze, tell us about Nick Saban. Freeze, tell us about this. Oh, Freeze, how's your season going with you and uh, that team over there in Lynchburg? And I was just like, man, get over it. Like, he is a good coach, and he deserves every accolade he got on those shows. But at the same time, I'm ready to to do it and, and say, look, if the next dude comes in and he does it, guess what? It's no longer Freeze. It is Liberty built this program, or Liberty has this program that you can go in and win all these games. And uh, so it's not no longer like when recruits are talking to them, it's like, hey, you can come play in my offense. You can play, come play to for, for me. I win everywhere I'm at. Uh, that narrative changes really quick if the next coach comes in and wins. It's like, hey, not only uh, we're a winning program. So I'm excited for that opportunity, but also grateful for the first four years and the foundation that he laid to get us here. So um, any final thoughts on on how we got to this point? And then we'll talk a little bit about what, what's next. No, I agree with what you said. Um, I'm ready to, to move forward. Uh, Liberty football will be fine. Uh, there's no other person I'd rather represent us as an athletic director today than Ian McCall. And, uh, you know, nobody. I mean, he's, he's one of the best uh, athletic directors in the country. He'll get the right guy. And uh, from what I hear, there's guys lining up to come over and take this job. Current uh, Power Five head coaches, current G5 head coaches, uh, coordinators from all over the country, uh, they're lining up to take this job. We'll, we'll get a good coach. And can I say this? We may get a coach better than Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I, I think there's that's possible. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the timing of our, next, our head coaching search. First of all, uh, before we get into the timing, sorry, the next thing I want to talk about is the caliber of job this thing, this thing has become over four years. John just said people are lining up. We're looking at how much our coach is going to make. Uh, we're looking at the opportunity to win, the facilities, the support, the fan engagement, everything. 
uh, I would call it one of the top G5 jobs in the country, if not the top one. And, uh, you know, I know of of Power 5 guys who are asking if they, you know, are eligible to come back to this G5 level because of the opportunity they have here to come in here and win for four years. And guess what? Your name's going to be called at the top premier, top five, ten. So let's talk about the caliber of job, Kyle. Uh, how has that level of of job risen? I mean, back when uh, back when Turner left, I think our our candidates were were retreads and uh, and basically like guys who maybe have proven a little bit in the FCS level, but we didn't have that many candidates. Much different than what it is today. Yeah, I think it's a lot different today. I mean, you have well, let's just go to talking about our candidates now. It's obviously different about than today. It's all you know. It's it is. It is completely different. I think that there's a lot of guys who, like you said, they, they want to be here. Um, you know, I've had people reach out to me asking me, hey, you know, I'm connected with so-and-so and he's interested in the Liberty got job and he's literally, he's a sitting group of five head coach. I mean, you have a lot of guys who are ready to come here. One, because of the money, the facilities, uh, the ability to win in Conference USA, um, I mean, Liberty is prime for the picking when it comes to having players. And uh, I think Ian did a great job with the players telling them, hey, hold on, just wait, because the transfer portal is a little bit different. So just don't do anything until we get a head coach, and we're going to get a head coach soon. So I think all the guys are going to kind of sit around and wait. And from who I've talked to, that's kind of what you know they're thinking is, I'm not going to make a decision until the head coach is hired, which is awesome. And that speaks volumes to their respect for Ian. Um, and they know what type of place this is too, because the guys that we've recruited have gone on visits and seen other places and know, man, Liberty's got it way better. So I'm just going to hold on here and I trust Ian, he's going to hire somebody great and we're going to just keep this thing rolling. John, what, what caliber of job, like just the difference, like when you're putting together these candidate lists that you put out today and we'll go over that in a minute, but what's the difference here? Like, are you seeing like, Hey, we're, we're scrounging for guys versus like, this is a, this is like. Uh, man, this is a desirable job here now. No, it's exactly like like I just said. Is uh, you know, they're current FBS head coaches that would rather be at Liberty than where they're currently at. Power five, yeah, yeah even power five coaches. Yeah. Um, you know, they're and G five coaches that have had success that have uh, power five aspirations and power five. You know, been linked to open power five jobs that are throwing their head in the, in the name for, in the rink for, uh, for Liberty's head job. So, uh, I mean, and if you look at the resources, you know, okay. I mean, I put the list out there of nine guys who, you know, I think, you know, I would expect one of those guys to be Liberty's next head coach. Uh, could be wrong. There could be somebody outside of that list, but that's who I would expect it to be one of those nine guys. Uh, you look at a couple guys on that list, Jamie Chadwell, people might, you know, laugh at us and say, are you even thinking Jamie Chadwell it would leave to Coastal to come to Liberty? I don't know. I've never talked to Chadwell personally, but I know that Liberty is going to go after him, at least have a conversation with him. He might tell us no, but you say, why would he want to come to Liberty? Well, first of all, he's reportedly making less than $1 million a year. So, you know, we were just paying a coach that left up upwards of $5 million a year. We could double or triple his salary and still be saving money. Not to mention he's coming into a place with much better facilities, much better resources in addition to his own personal salary, staff salary, uh, things for players, you know, training tables and, and all this stuff. Uh, and let's be honest, too, Conference USA is not as good today as the Sun Belt is. So, you know, he can come to a place with more resources, make two to three times more money he's making now and have an easier path to a conference championship. Um, you know, now again, that doesn't mean he's going to, he's going to, you know, say yes to Liberty. Um, we, we don't know, but that's just what I'm saying, you know, and Chadwell's a guy that's been mentioned to, to be in the Georgia tech mix or, or it, almost every time you've seen Hugh Freeze's name mentioned the last couple of years, Chadwell's right after him. So that's the type of guy that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, again, there's some people might not like the fact that, uh, you know, Liberty is taking a guys that, you know, it's kind of becoming a stepping stone type job. But if that is what Chadwell, for example, wants, he can, you know, Liberty's proven right today that you can go from Liberty to the SEC. Has Coastal ever proven that? 
You know, no, they've never had a coach to go from coastal to a power five school, much less somewhere where you can win a national championship. So, you know, one of the things that we didn't talk about was was today at six o'clock, there was a team meeting. And I know that they probably, you know, in those team meetings, I'm guessing this is how I've seen it happen in the past is that, you know, Coach Freeze was in town, probably said his piece, uh, probably, probably told them a little bit about how it went down Saturday, probably uh, thanked them, probably told him his reasoning for leaving. Uh, but then you get the athletic director in there too, I'm sure at some point to talk about the future of the program. Um, have you guys, Kyle, we'll start with you. Anything about that team meeting that I missed? Is that typically how they go? Well, I don't, I mean, I remember how Turner Gills went and then I can tell you how Hugh Freezes went, um, just from hearing first from some of the players, but, um, he went, he went in there and, and basically, you know, just told him thank you. And that this opportunity to get back and bring his girls back together and his family back together and to then compete at the highest level and the best conference, you know, was just a strong pool. And, um, you know, just thank them for everything that they did, because at the end of the day, the players are what get coaches jobs. I mean, if you, if you're a good coach, you got to have good players still, and those guys get you the job. So he told him that. Um, and then, you know, Ian told him, Hey, you know, Josh Aldridge is going to be the interim head coach. And, and, uh, so, you know, Josh was able to talk to him and say, you know, this is all about the players. This is not about me. This is not about any of the coaches. This is about you guys. And we weren't able to get it done for the seniors on senior day. So let's go out and get done and let's go to work. And I think it was just a great message from Josh, uh, to the players and, uh, you know, Ian told him, hey, let's hold on. Don't go in the transfer portal. The transfer portal is a little bit different this year. Wait to get to see until a coach gets hired. And told him that, you know, he expects the coach to be hired, you know, within a week, 10 days or so. And and so he said, just hold on. He, and then he said the same thing, you know, that we've kind of been said before. Power five coaches have reached out. Group of five coaches have reached out. Uh, top offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators in the country have reached out for this job. Um, and the only reason why Liberty, you know, is a is a not the only reason. One of the main reasons why Liberty is one of the top jobs in the country right now is because of the players. I mean, they they you know, it's the money. Yes, it's the facilities. Yes. But it doesn't matter what type of money you're going to get paid and what type of facilities you, you have. If you go to a school and the players are garbage and you can't win because the players just suck, you're going to eventually get fired and nothing. Nothing's going to come of it. So these guys know that Liberty has dudes and, you know, they're going to come in and be able to win. You know, we have a quarterback, we have great wideouts, we got running backs, our defense is solid, our D-line is strong, and they know that's how you win at the group of five level. So, I mean, you know, hopefully, I mean, maybe Josh Aldridge goes in there in the bowl game and kills it and gets named the head coach and the coaches stay. And, you know, we're looking to replace maybe a couple guys that go free. But, I mean, shoot, you never know what can happen here at the end of the day. But I know that you know, Coach Aldridge and Ian, they fired him up to get ready to play in a bowl game, and hopefully our guys can go out there and compete. But that is, that's is—that's what happened in the team meeting. Um, I know I saw that too. A lot of people were asking about it. Um, so, you know, I think that they uh, – it's hard. It's a somber moment, um, and it's just a – it's a tough – it's a tough thing. I mean, it's a tough thing to go through as a player. You kind of commit to a guy. You think he's going to be there. But I will say this about Coach Freeze. He told them, he told all those kids in recruiting, he never promised them, hey, I'm going to be here for your entire career. He never did that. I mean, he told them, hey, if something comes along, I'm going to tell you. But right now, my wife and I are very happy here. And uh, he said, there's only a couple places in the country that I would leave this place for. And Auburn was one of them. John, uh, <clears throat> speaking of candidates and just who we're going to get, uh, you put out a good list today. I wanted to get your thoughts on several of those guys. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, two that stood out to me, obviously, um, and Kyle, you can ask about two that stood out to you, uh, is first I'll, I'll go with Gary, Gary Patterson. Uh, and, and the reason I'm going with Gary Patterson is because his time at TCU, he was in conference USA. And then he went over to a different, uh, G five. I can't remember exactly. Mountain which one West. Right now. Mountain West and he killed it there and he absolutely never had really any 500 seasons he had one season that was below 500 but every other season was like up in the 10 11 12 win range 
Uh, and then TCU went to power five and they just couldn't keep up. I, I think there was a, a tough transition there, but what he did during that transition was set them up for Sonny Dykes to come in there and a couple of other guys and come in there and just, uh, they haven't lost yet this year. So it's not like when they went to power five, he completely tanked them and couldn't recruit anybody. He, he was actually there during that transition. Love Gary Patterson, love what he did at TCU. Obviously he can be a mission fit here. Uh, he is pretty old in terms of coaching career. So it doesn't know if he wants to get back into being a head man. I mean, that's a legit concern. It's a, it's a grind. Um, and, uh, that, that could yeah, also be a positive though. I mean, that could also be a positive, you know, if you get a guy like a Chadwell or a Kane Womack, I mean, these are guys that, you know, like freeze, they, they might come here for three to four years, have success and want to jump to, to the sec. And, you know, I don't, I don't fault them for that, but if you get a guy like a Patterson that comes in here, he might be, uh, you know, here as his last time, you know, stay for five, seven years and then retire. And, you know, so I think, it, I think about that strength. I think about that though, John, like if you, if your guy comes in here and he comes in late, like he's very rarely, they stay off into the sunset, like winning. And, you know, I mean, like every time that's kind of happened, like it's just been like a slow decline where it's like, okay, now it's time for you to leave. Like we'll retire, like you can retire and we're going to celebrate you, but we're not as good as we should be. And let's go hire this young guy. Yeah. So my second guy is Jamie Chadwell. I want to ask about him. I mean, we hit him already. Uh, obviously, he can take the money increase would be a big uh, motivator for him. Uh, but I will say this, and, and uh, I'm not I'm about to make not very many friends in the chat. I'm sure what Chadwell has done at Coastal with the resources he's had at Coastal the last four years, almost rivals what Coach Freeze did at Liberty, making this uh, double the money with double the resources and triple the facilities. Uh, you know, obviously it's two different jobs. So one hat there's pros and cons at both, but um, what Chadwell has done the last four years at coastal and what he did at Charleston Southern before that Charleston Southern was a rat hole. It was a bad place to coach football. And he came in there and brought success uh, how he did it. You know, I don't know, but all I know is he won games and he, he's, he, you know, it is kind of cheesy the way he motivates people. I, 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 you know, I was one of the first ones at the, you know, to, to basically just vomit when I saw him breaking cinder blocks in our locker room uh, after they beat us here in our big South days. But Chadwell, the point is, if you look at his record versus Freeze's record and they're, you know, can he take that uh, underdog, uh, low resource budget type program can he take that same um, blueprint and apply it at a place like Liberty where it's high resource, highly resourced, highly competitive? I don't know. So that's my thoughts on Chadwell. John, anything to add about Chadwell? You know, can he, would he, uh, could he, all that? Yeah, I mean, you hit it. I mean, Chadwell has won everywhere he's been with less resources. He's won and he, like, and, and Kyle can chirp in here too, but um at Charleston Southern, like, you know, Kyle's been and in, in coached at and played on that. Down. Yeah, he's been there, coached there, played there. there. There's nothing – they put – I remember just a few years ago they actually got lights to play games at night. I mean, that's what we're talking about. You know, uh, it, it's a dump, literally. And he built that thing to where they came into Liberty when we were, you know, begging to get into the FBS and completely destroyed us two years in a row. And, you know, he did that at Charleston Southern. And then, like you said, he goes to Coastal Carolina. And look, not, nobody in this in this uh, podcast, on this podcast tonight, likes Coastal Carolina, right? None of us do. We despise them, of course. But if we're honest, like when they went to the FBS, I was like, they're going to fail. They're going to fail. They don't have the resources. They don't have the support. They don't have the stadium. But Chadwell got has gotten the job done, and like you said, Chad, they've been every bit as good as as Liberty over there. You know, four or five years since they've moved. All right, back. all right, all right. As, I as know has. that's enough. I, I'm just that's being enough. honest. I'm just know, being honest. I know. I he's just, gone off the deep end. He's gone off the deep end. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. Beat Coastal. I hate Coastal. Their coaching staff. If any, there's several of those guys that if they came here, I would have to go back and find some tweets. And I would probably print them off and put them in their office and just say, hey, 
guys, what in the world was this? But it's like one of those things. It's like you hate them when you're against them, but you might love them when they're on the same team. I don't know, but I'm willing to give him a chance because he's a, you know, all, all indication is he's a mission fit and he's a winner and he, he has it going right now at, at a place, you know, that we know well. And Another thing that we should add about him is like, I'm sure most everyone watching this, listening to this has watched Coastal play. And again, take the Coastal name off of it. Their offense is fun to watch. I like their offense. It's fun to watch. <laughs> this is so painful. All right, Kyle, get to your two names. I'm uh, with you, John. Yeah. I saved one for you, so that one should be a home run. Who are you going to ask about? Okay, yes. I, I think that I really like a couple guys that were on your list. Specifically, uh, I, like, I think that Tom Mellon at Indiana, I mean, has done a really good job, and he's, he's basically taken Indiana to where they can get to. He's a solid believer. He's not – that old when you talk about like old guys he, he gets those guys to play when you look at just go look at indiana's like uh twitter feed and anything that's like behind the scenes all the video i mean those guys love playing for that guy um i think another guy is kane womack at south alabama um i think that he's done an amazing job there you know 10 and 1 um, they've dominated this year, a close loss to UCLA. I think they only lost to one by one to UCLA. Um, so those two guys, I think I'd be all for, um, thoughts on those guys, John. Yeah. I mean, I could get behind both of them. I mean, you know, you're talking about a, a guy that's a head coach at, at, in the big 10, uh, a guy that's a head coach in the big 10 and has taken that team at Indiana. Like who's ever like, did Indiana, do we even know Indiana played football? Um, you know, but he had them in the top 15 during the, the COVID year. And, you know, the, the, the big question mark I have around uh, Tom Allen, though, is he's only been a head coach for those six years at Indiana. And four of those six years, he's had a losing record. Is that because he's at Indiana and they're in the Big Ten and having to play Ohio State and Michigan, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, it could be. Um, and, and if he comes to Liberty where they're playing a Conference USA, a much easier schedule than what you play in the Big Ten, uh, could could he be successful, more successful than he was there? Sure. Yeah, I, I believe that. Another thing about both of these guys, but since we're talking about Allen first, is, uh, you know, he has connect. I mean, he started his college coaching career with Hugh Freeze at Lambeth. So he knows Hugh Freeze, obviously, and he knows a lot of the guys on the staff. Yeah, so that's, what I, that's what I like about that, too, John, is that, I mean, a lot of those guys, like you were talking about, he's coming from the Big Ten. He's not going to bring in a ton of those assistant coaches. It allows us to kind of keep continuity with maybe some of our assistant coaches because he knows them, he coached with them, you know, sure. stuff like that. I'm with that. Yeah, he could. He, you would likely keep several uh, assistant coaches uh, on the staff if, if he came or Womack came from South Alabama because of the ties. Also, the recruits, which we had our first decommit tonight, you're probably going to have more coming, unfortunately. And talking about the portal, uh, some of these guys will probably test those waters too. You, you pro might be more likely to keep them because Freeze and the rest of the coaching staff can quickly vouch for him. Uh, as for uh, Kane Womack, similar type thing. You know, he's he was defensive coordinator at Indiana before he came to South Alabama. But, uh, you know, they were 10 and 2 this year at South Alabama, 10 and 2, 7 and 1 in the Sun Belt. Uh, you, you know, if you went to the Lending Tree Bowl, that's where they play their home games. It's a decent stadium, but. You know, I saw their, you know, quote unquote, indoor practice facility like, you know, it's open air and, and whatever. But, uh, you know, they certainly don't have the facilities. I think I saw he's making like six to seven hundred thousand a year. So, I mean, you could easily double to triple his salary to come here. And uh, but again, my biggest reservation on him is he's only been a head coach for two years. So was this year a flash in the pan? We don't know. I think the thing about Womack is. He's, he's a little risky, in my opinion, but his ceiling may be higher than anybody else on the list. Yeah, and uh, there might be others that we didn't get. This is our list. Ian had – you know, it's funny – not funny, but what, what I've always thought about this whole weekend was Ian told me one time a long time ago uh, – it was about four years ago – he said he always keeps a list of five people literally in his pocket. He was like, I, I, I just – always that's one of the first things you do as an ad when you wake up in the morning is check your list uh just it's almost like santa claus you know checking your list whatever that song goes all right i got two things to get to here and then and then we'll uh have another one uh discussion here Hold one on, is if you're watching yeah 
I have I've also seen people talking about Deion Sanders. Guys, Deion Sanders is not coming to Liberty. Like yeah. he put him in the same boat as Nick Saban. Like the odds of us getting Nick Saban are the odds of us getting Deion. It's not, it's not gonna happen. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you're good. All right, we were up to 150 uh, viewers on whatever platform this is showing me number of views for it, which I don't think is all of them. So if you're around right now, please go and like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It helps us a ton with our content. And uh, it really, like all the algorithms, producer Nick tries to tell me about it. I don't get it, but it does help us. So if you're watching, please hit that like button right now and help, help, uh, help us out a little bit. Um, the second thing I wanted to get to was uh, all we we the one my favorite thing about Chadwell. Honestly, I named off all this stuff. My favorite thing about Chadwell is we would be taking Coastal Carolina's coach, and that would just sun them so hard. And I would love every minute of it to be like, "Hey guys, uh, he left you to come to us." That would feel so good for so long. Uh, same thing with with uh, with other coaches, um, you know, in, in the Sun Belt specifically. Um, I know. JMU's coach was on your your list there. Uh, the best part about any of those guys coming here was just just the prestige of our program being so much better than theirs, and I would love every minute of that. So, um, yeah, we pr we probably should touch on the JMU coach Kurt Signetti. Um, you know, it's obviously a big name, and and what he's done at JMU has been very impressive. Uh, and that guy's been a winner everywhere. He's been a head coach for a long time. He was at Division Two for several years, and uh, they were competing on the national level. Uh, the IUP, and then he went to Elon, who's, you know, an average FCS program, was there two years, took them, them to the FCS playoffs both times, and and now what he's been at JMU, I think, four years. And uh, what they did this year, like, again, you know, we're talking about a team I, I loathe, but uh, was very impressive. I mean, and they laid it to Chadwell and, and Coastal on Saturday, right? I mean, they beat them by several scores, beat the brakes off of them. Uh, so I think he would be a, a good candidate. One thing I don't know about him is I don't know him, like, as far as would he be a mission fit? I don't know that. I uh, haven't studied him a lot. Uh, I do know that when we ended up getting freeze four years ago, he was a guy that I had on my radar and was somebody I'd like to get. But I think that's when he ended up at uh, at JMU. But, uh, yeah, I think he would be a, a good um, a good fit. And, again, seeing questions about who would be the best mission fit, you know, I can't really answer that. I don't think anybody on here can really answer that because uh, maybe Kyle with a couple of the guys, if he knows them personally, but I mean, I've never talked to these guys one-on-one -on -one, and I won't until after this process is completed. So, I mean, that's something we just have to trust and rely on Ian to, to determine which of these guys fits, but you know, it's hard for us to, to really answer that, uh, you know, right now. Uh, all right. So we, we've talked a lot about, freezes tenure we talked about the timing of how everything went down uh, how it impacted players how it impacted coaches we talked about uh, if we're going to be able to cheer for Hugh Freeze going forward we talked about coaching candidates I think we've covered all of our bases here so with that we'll, we'll have some final thoughts here and uh, basically you know just just your general outlook on how how all this went down and uh, where we go from here and you know just what this means for the program and uh We'll start with uh, with you, John. Go ahead, man. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot, but, um, you know, it's okay for Liberty fans, players uh, to be upset uh, right now. I mean, that's that's a natural reaction. I mean, we're going through a breakup, right? I mean, that's just the, the truth of it. Um, okay, hang on, hang on. I got to read this. I got to read this. It was a sponsored tweet that I have to read says this comes from not Malik Willis, Liberty underscore flames underscore. And it's kind of exactly what you just said. It says, let's be honest. The day head coach you free stepped on campus. We knew it wasn't a lifetime gig. He was out of our league, like a New York city, 10 dating a Lynchburg seven. We were living on borrowed time. Don't be Don't cry because it's over smile because it happened. So kind of a, about the breakup situation there. Sorry to interrupt, but I had to get that paid tweet in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is like a breakup. So it's OK to go through those emotions of being uh, upset, disappointed, mad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I've felt the full range of emotions over the past few days, the past uh, few hours. Uh, but at the same time, we can still uh, respect and appreciate what Freeze did. I mean, Liberty football is better off because of you, Freeze. Uh, Liberty football is a better job today than it was four years ago, primarily due to Hugh Freeze. 
Um, you know, so we we should appreciate that, respect him, but at the same time also, uh, you know, be excited about the future. I'm extremely excited about the future. And Chad, I texted you a couple times a day. Like, I'm excited. Like, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. I wish uh, it was the first week tomorrow and we could start already after we got our uh, head coach in place and, and our, our full roster uh, finalized because the sky is still the limit for this program. We're going to continue to rise. This will not slow us down. We're still the fastest rising program in FBS, and I uh, look at it continuing that way. Uh, and I'm really excited. Like you said earlier, Chad, I'm excited to see, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to prove, kind of like Free said last spring, is he was excited to prove that he could get it done without Malik. I'm excited to prove that I'm excited for Liberty to be able to prove that we can get it done without Hugh Freeze. Kyle, what you got? Yeah, I mean, excited about the future. Um, I don't want to jump too far ahead. We still have a bowl game to play. We still have players that are on that team that are that are doing everything that they can. My message to Flames Nation would be to uh, support the players, support the coaches who are here, who are working hard to try to win a bowl game. We're going to go to a bowl game. It's probably going to be in Florida. And, you know, we're going to play somebody who's fairly good. And, you know, we don't know who that opponent's going to be yet, obviously, or exactly where we're going to go. But, man, support these kids. They've given everything to this program. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to be all pretty all day, just like everyone who's listening, just like we are in here, you know, they're not going to Auburn with Coach Freeze. They're not going, you know, wherever. They're, they're, if they decide to stay here, they're going to be a part of this program for the rest of their life. You know, they may be on this podcast. They may be hosting this podcast in, in 10 years, you know. Uh, but, I mean, these guys have given their all for this program. And so we need to do everything that we can to support them now, uh, to get behind them and to cheer for them and try to get to the bowl game if you can. Um, and support them and support them on Twitter and, 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 you know, let them know that you're thinking about them and, uh, you know, support Ian and his decision for the next head coach, because there's too many times where somebody, I mean, like you can say whatever you want to say on Twitter, obviously you never get in trouble for it unless you're somebody and you get blocked or you get kicked off Twitter, but you can say whatever you want. So you may not love who the head coach is that Ian McCall picks, but support him support him and uh, get behind him and rally behind him. And uh, I think that I'm just really excited about the future, um, but I'm also excited about this bowl game and the guys, you know, really getting uh, finishing strong and finishing the season strong and sending these seniors who have done so much for this program and, and sending them out on the right, on the right foot. So pumped about this the rest of the year, um, obviously, and pumped about the future. I'm really excited to see where we go. Yep. Well said, both of you. I have one final thought here, and that is I think that the timing was perfect. I think when Freeze got here, we needed that figurehead. We needed that person that was larger than life. We needed that fantastic uh, engagement person. And we, that's all we talked about for the last four years. Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze. That's because Liberty wasn't there yet. We couldn't talk about Liberty that way. And and now it's the, the thing has changed. Like I, th I just think it was all, uh, you know, as Drake would say, as Malik would say, I think it was part of God's plan to kind of put us in a spot where we had Hugh Freeze for four years and we could look to him as a figurehead. I mean, he changed the culture of our fan base. Like, that is no small feat. When we, he came here, we didn't know how to cheer. We didn't know what we were talking about. He, we had no legitimacy. I mean, I wouldn't say no. Look, I, I'm not trying to disrespect everybody that's been around forever. I just know that he changed the culture of our fan base and we needed that at that moment. Uh, the fact that he's gone, I do think that the next guy that comes in, uh, things are going to be different uh, in that regard. I don't think we're going to be saying, hey, this coach, this coach, this coach. I think we're going to look towards it as as Liberty's football program, and that's that's healthy and needed right now, just the same way uh, as having that figurehead was so important and healthy uh, for, for, those, for those four years. So uh, excited about the future. You guys kind of nailed it. I will be there for the bowl game. Uh, I'm hoping it's in Florida. I'm, I'm thinking it will be in Florida, but uh, I'll leave that to you guys to break news and, and kind of cover all that stuff. Again, John, fantastic job this weekend, man. I know it's a grind. It's exhausting. Um, but, you know, as we saw about 30 minutes ago, uh, you really care about this stuff. And, uh, you know, it comes across that way. It comes across as very genuine 
and uh and, and that's why we love it and that's why we're always here and reading every single thing you write and all that kind of stuff kyle also man much appreciated you've added so much to this when talk about adding legitimacy and, and what hugh freeze did for the football program kyle has done for this podcast we're like leaning on him right now to be like hey tell everybody what we're saying isn't just crazy uh like you're the man so much appreciated kyle you've been gracious with uh, your time you've been gracious with us helping us uh kind of catch up to speed sometimes on, on how things really are versus how we think they are so uh really appreciate that and then um the last is to flames nation uh thank you guys there's 143 of you still in here right now uh this thing uh is not because of hugh freeze it's not definitely not because of us three it is because Flames Nation cares, and uh, we have grown and we've we've risen with the athletics department. And uh, you know, shout out to all of you guys who are in here tonight and have been engaged and commenting from day one. I mean, there are so many people in here that have watched our very first YouTube video and and were commenting back then, encouraging back then. So thank you to Flames Nation for all the and, support. And you if give you us. missed any, if you missed any of this today. Uh, tonight in the stream. It's going to be in podcast form uh, in the morning. So you can go to, uh, it'll be back on YouTube. You can go back and watch the replay there, or it'll be on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera. So you can listen back through the whole thing there too, if, if you missed any of it. Yeah. And uh, lastly, uh, but not least is Jason Porter. Thank you for supporting this tonight. Uh, uh, he's been a fantastic supporter of a sea of red. He's a local real estate agent there in Lynchburg. He kills it. Uh, so thank you for the support there. His contact information has been at the top of the screen all night. If you guys need to get a hold of him, let us know, Kyle, John, uh, I'll sleep a little bit better tonight. Talking through this is therapy for me. And, uh, you guys are fantastic. Appreciate all you do. Have a good night, everybody. Go flames. Go flames. But before we, I got to find the outro video because producer Nick is not able to join us tonight. All right, here we go. John. Kyle, appreciate you guys. Go Flames.